0: No, the United States is not God's chosen people. And no, Jesus did not come to save us from government. Welcome to Rise and Shine the weekly podcast where we take bite-sized portions of the Scriptures and examine what God is saying to us. And if we do it right, we'll become better people. Today I want to start with Matthew chapter 1, and in particular, verse 21. That's where we want to talk about today. But let's put that in its context. In its context, we have this, what some would call, a dry boring genealogy. Most of us wonder what in the world this is doing in the Bible and why do I have to worry about it and what does it mean to me? Well, I understand where you're coming from, but let's think about just a few things before we just read right over it and put it on the back burner, or sweep it under the rug or whatever we do and not pay attention to it. Let's let's look at just a couple things. First of all, you'll notice in the first a couple of verses, or the first verse. It is the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. That, right off the bat, is an interesting thought, because chronologically speaking, Abraham's before David, but yet David is mentioned first. Why? Well, that's because Matthew is a Jewish guy, and he is speaking to a Jewish audience, and he's talking about Jesus being the king of the Jews. And so, in a Jewish audience, he appeals to the scriptures and to their heroes. And David's one of those. There's this promise in 2 Samuel 7, verses 12-14, to an explicit prophecy that through David would come the king. The king that God was going to send that would reign over the world that's why at the very end of this book of Matthew, after the resurrection, Jesus said, All power and all authority has been given unto me, in heaven and in earth. And so Matthew has proven his point. That Jesus indeed has a right to sit on this throne, this throne of David that would have no end. And so that's why he starts with David, but also... Abraham, another hero among the Jews and, frankly, among every generation of people. He is the one through whom God was going to bless every nation, including you and I. We're told in Galatians that if we belong to Christ, we're part of Abraham's seed. Abraham is the one who was promised in Genesis chapter 12 that his descendants would be blessed that he was going to be the one that would bless the entire world. And so here we have this, as Matthew starts this out, he's talking about Jesus, who is going to be and has the right to reign over his people and, quite frankly, over the entire world. All power and authority has been given unto me in heaven and in earth. And Matthew is reminding his audience, that it was through Abraham that this Jesus was going to come and bless the entire world. And so let's not just look over these genealogies. There's something being said to us in it. Another thing that we can consider is the fact that the the women that are listed in this genealogy, I mean, Tamar. Tamar played a significant role. If you go back and read Genesis 38, You find that Judah, that's the tribe through whom Jesus was going to come, but now they were out of people, except for Judah himself. And Tamar, admittedly in deception, and um, Judah falling prey to that of his own lust and desire, we end up preserving the seed line of Judah. This is the one through whom Jesus was going to come. And so there she is playing a significant role of keeping that line alive. There's people like Bathsheba in this. And while it didn't start off very well, for sure, that's for sure, but yet there's something significant in her story. It is this story that comes out of ashes and plays this significant role. She's the one that uh, brings about Solomon. There's people in this like Ruth, the great-grandmother of King David, a Moabite, a Gentile. And there's people like Rahab, a harlot by profession, a Canaanite, a harlot, and when the Jews were coming into Jericho to take over the promised land. I mean, all of these women, I mean, let's not forget about Mary, all of them play a significant role of bringing Jesus into the world. These women in a Male-dominated society. In this genealogy, among all these men, God reminds us of the women and the role that they played in bringing Jesus into the world. A significant role. You look at the list of the kings, and you go back in the Old Testament and read their stories, they are deeply flawed. And so we can be reminded of the fact that as we look at all of these kings and all of these people, and with all of their flaws, that God still uses ordinary everyday people to accomplish his will not the least of which is Jesus coming into the world to save the world so let's not just read over these genealogies or skip them all together they have something significant to tell us but as for our verse today Matthew 1:21 We begin in verse 18, actually, because now we go from genealogies and we focus in on Mary and Joseph and how Jesus actually came to be. Of course, Jesus is eternal. We understand that, but this is how he entered into the world in flesh. Verse 18, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed or engaged to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit And Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought on these things, the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Now here's our verse, verse 21. And she shall bring forth a son, and you shall name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Okay, one verse, one verse tells us everything we need to know as to why Jesus came. First of all, Jesus saves. This word saves means to rescue. Jesus came on a rescue mission. He didn't come to seek and to destroy. He didn't come to conquer and humiliate and dominate. No, he's not Alexander the Great who swept over the land. He's not the Roman Empire who rules with an iron fist. He's not. This isn't like Sherman's march to the sea where he's destroying and conquering military targets civilian property and everything in His way. That's not what He's about. He's not here to destroy and to conquer. That's not it at all. He is here on a rescue mission. In Galatians 1.4, we find that He has come to deliver us out of this present evil world. We can find furthermore in Luke 19 and verse 10, where Jesus explicitly says that He's come to seek and to save that which is lost. Jesus saves. He's here on a rescue mission. What else does this verse say? Jesus saves his people. What does that teach us? Jesus is about people, not places. You remember his discussion with the woman at the well in John chapter 4? The Samaritans say, it's this mountain, and the Jews say, no, it's this mountain, and this is the place where you ought to worship. And Jesus said, soon enough, it's going to be neither, because it's not about places. Yes, when it says Jesus is going to save his people, you could argue that he means the Jewish people. I understand that. But if we look a little bit closer, I think we're seeing the fact that Jesus is about people and not places. It's not about countries and borders and tribes. Right now, His kingdom is all over the world. You see, it's always been about people. Jesus came into the world and He went to the people that He created and they rejected Him. John chapter 1, and verse 10. They did not receive Him. He went to His own. I would argue those would be the Jewish people. And they didn't receive Him. John chapter 1, verse 11. But then it says in verse 12 of John 1, But to as many as received Him, to them He gave the power or the opportunity, the ability to become the sons of God. As many as would receive Him. Jesus came to save people. Not places, not countries, not boundaries, etc. He came to save people people. And so if the church gets more involved with places and parking lots and pews and politics and programs and not about people, then we've really lost what our mission is about. Because Jesus came to save and he came to save people. Jesus saves his people as we look further into this verse from their sins. Jesus is not here to save us from a tyrannical government. I understand why we pray about that. I pray about that. You know, in my mind, when I'm praying about the uh, politics of our country, when I'm thinking about the direction we're moving, I I know in Proverbs 29 and verse 2, this is what's in the back of my mind. Proverbs 29.2 says, When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked rule, the people groan. I believe that to be absolutely the case. And so, yes, it would be nice if the righteous are in authority and the wicked man wasn't. It would be nice to live under those circumstances. But to be clear, Why did Jesus come? It was to save people from their sins. When you read the New Testament, the disciples are confused about this. They view Him as the Messiah, but they see Him as the one who who, He's come to remove the Roman occupiers out of God's chosen land and restore Israel to the world stage and to its former glory. And it's just simply not why Jesus came. Then, And it's not why he came now. It is not about saving us from some sort of tyrannical government. It's not to save borders and people and, or not people, but places. That's not it. Jesus himself didn't live under a peaceful regime. He lived under a tyrant. Jesus is not here to save our beloved country or to save us from corrupt politicians or to preserve our creature comforts, which is what I think we are really concerned about losing. No, Jesus came to address the problem that separated humanity from God, and that's a thing called sin. Now, I understand that we don't talk about sin anymore. We've kind of removed it from our vocabulary as a people, and it's been wiped away from our collective conscious consciousness. But it is the problem. It is our sin that separates us from our God, Isaiah 59, verse 1 and 2. It is the very reason Jesus came. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 12 and 13, it explicitly says, Jesus heard this, and he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Now listen. For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. That's why I came. So, as we bring this episode to a close, here is the truth of the matter. The United States is not God's chosen people. Jesus did not come to preserve places or to be on a military campaign sweeping across the world, conquering and humiliating and dominating people and places and countries and tribes and borders and boundaries. No, He didn't come to save us from a corrupt and tyrannical government or to preserve our creature comforts. That's not why He came. Let us be clear. Jesus came on a rescue mission to rescue humanity from their sins that separate them from God. This God who has no desire that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He's calling you today. The question is, will you hear and heed the call? Will you listen? Will you come to Christ, who is trying to reconcile you to God through Jesus? So, there's your thought for the day. Remember, please subscribe, like, share. Share with your friends. Until next time, my friends, until next time.